0: Hello, and welcome to Starside Chat, episode 42. The first one of 2020, is that right? Yes. Joining me is Aaron Capo. Hello. And we're back, and we're going to be talking about our top games of 2020. I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, we're doing a top 10. Uh, Each of us have compiled a list. I think they're going to be very different. I would venture to say that we might only share a few games, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm actually interested... Uh, to know what your top 10 list is. Uh we've been talking about doing this for a few weeks. We got we had to put it off a little bit, but we're we're going to do COVID. it because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Delays everything, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh we'll probably also talk about some stuff we're anticipating uh coming out in 2021. Uh I think that's all we've got on today's show. So let's let's get to it. Who wants to start? Should we flip you, the coin? You should
1: go first. What is your What is your tenth most liked game of twenty twenty?
0: My number ten is a game called Paradise Killer.
1: I have no idea what that is.
0: It's uh, it's on Steam and it's on uh, the Switch. It's a twenty dollar game, and it is this really interesting art style. It's uh, very vaporwave. It looks like. Ooh. Something out of the 80s or early 90s. There's some great, like, sort of synth wave music to it. There's kind of a lot of saxophone to it. Mm. And you play this detective. There's like a really interesting sort of lore to it that I'm not like, I haven't finished the game. Um, I'm still working on it, but it's like this open world game where you kind of get to explore. And everywhere you go, there's all this stuff to find and collect there's people to talk to and of course you're investigating a murder and so you're trying to uh, talk to all the different people and and get their alibi, figure out um, who did it. and you can also choose to hang out with those people and if you do that you will sort of build up your relationship and you may learn more about the case. Um, it's really interesting. there's no combat. it's all just like, exploring this big open world and collecting evidence and trying to figure out who who did the murder and it's in this like really interesting uh style and yeah i'm just i'm really enjoying it i'm having a lot of fun just exploring and finding stuff
1: it kind of sounds like that i never played it but it kind of sounds like that disco elysium game people liked last year
0: uh this, well, so I should say, I guess, this is a, a first-person
1: game, okay.
0: whereas uh, Disco Elysium is more of uh, isometric, and mm-hmm. also that's like an RPG.
1: That's coming to Switch uh, in 2021, I believe.
0: It is. Didn't that come out in 2019? I thought it was supposed to come out on Switch in 2020. Maybe it got pushed back.
1: But I think it got pushed back, and there's like a definitive edition. That's something I probably will pick up for Switch because everyone went, uh, raved about it.
0: Yeah, they did. I, um, I wanted to play it as well.
1: Too. So wait, are, are you playing it on um, Switch or PC?
0: I'm playing it on PC. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it does, I don't think it's an RPG. Like you're not gaining skills so mm-hmm. much.
1: It's just narrative?
0: Yeah, it's very narrative driven. Um, there's some like really interesting quirky characters that you kind of want to be careful about your dialogue because you're like, well, if I sort of appease them, maybe they'll tell me more, but also like... I don't want to trust them too much because maybe they're <laughs> lying to me. you know. Like, So you kind of get to have these really interesting conversations. I don't know. I definitely think it's worth looking up if you haven't heard of it because I, I think it's a lesser-known game as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I had not heard of it. I'm definitely going to check that out. I think you would love the art style. I do love vaporwave stuff.
0: Me too. So tell me your number
1: 10 game. A little game, you might not have heard of this, called animal crossing <laughs> <laughs> i have now, heard of it i didn't really play this game um but i put it on my top 10 because my girlfriend loved it and it's like i feel like the first game she's really clicked with um i mean she played all the way through um mario odyssey and really liked it but i always was like there watching her and this is the first game where she like actively would take the switch away from me and start to play it and she's logged like 200 hours in it or something oh geez yeah, this um, is the game
0: it. that came out and, like, everybody, especially because of the pandemic and the fact yeah. that everybody was, like, uh, staying home all the time, like, the Switch sold out like crazy and nobody could buy them, but it was because everybody was buying Animal Crossing
1: and mm-hmm. playing it for a crazy amount of time, but... An ideal time for that to come out, but I, I, I get the appeal of it, I just have never really been into it i mean i created a character on her island and i will log in and mess around every once in a while but it's not really for me but i just put yeah. it on there because uh she liked it so much
0: yeah i was gonna say i think the only animal crossing thing that i have played is the mobile app like on the oh, phone yeah
1: camp or whatever yeah
0: i've heard that is not like a great representation of the series but I don't know. It did not appeal to me, and I've I like watched other people play it just because I, it was such a huge deal at the time, and like everybody was playing it and talking about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it didn't really appeal to me, so I I didn't end up playing it.
1: Hit me with that number nine, Zach.
0: All right. So this one uh, I was back and forth on, but I ended up putting it on the list uh, just because I I did enjoy it a lot. It's Pumpkin Jack. Oh heard, yeah, heard you told games? me about
1: that. It's like um a platformer, right?
0: Yeah, so it, it reminded me a lot of like old like N64, PS1 era like third person action adventure platformers. Ooh. And it has a unique art style. It's v- very heavily inspired by like Nightmare Before Christmas. I think mm-hmm. it's it's got that whole uh like Jack skellington is the pumpkin king this is pumpkin jack who's sort of like i don't know the pumpkin king or whatever <laughs> uh and also there's like a scene where it's you go to this like wintry area and there's like a, a santa character that you have to sort of oh. battle a little bit um it, that i guess that's more of a puzzle and not like a boss battle or anything but still like the the reference is pretty clear um, and I, I've always loved like those Tim Burton movies. So the fact that this is like leaning into that style a lot really appealed to me. Um, also it came out around Halloween, which w- it was just sort of fun to like have something themed to, uh, that holiday lit to play during the holiday. So
1: I think after you told me about it, I watched a trailer for it and it did look like something that is super fun to play. It's on switch, right?
0: Yeah, I played it on Switch. It's on Steam as well. I think those are the only two platforms.
1: But yeah, it is it
0: is a lot of fun. It, it's a very simple game. I think it was made by like one person. I will say like I debated whether I wanted this game or Assassin's Creed Valhalla on my list and uh, the two are not comparable in any way other <laughs> than that I put about the same amount of time into the two.
1: Oh really? Like, but I, wait, isn't uh, Captain Jack, Pumpkin Jack, isn't that a super short game?
0: Yeah, exactly. So my, my point is I played maybe, so Pumpkin Jack is probably about a six to eight hour game, which is about as much time as I put into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> and that, i barely scratched the surface of that game. So like, it's hard to say definitively how I feel about that game, which is why I ended up leaving it off my list whereas six to eight hours of pumpkin jack you've you've got the whole picture so you you know how you feel about it so that's why i ended up picking this game uh and yeah i think it's it deserves to be recognized just because it's quirky and fun and it's not gonna win like the best technical game of the year or graphics or anything like that but i just enjoyed it a lot so
1: Man, now I got to check it out. It's like, it's probably pretty cheap right now on uh, Switch, right?
0: Yeah, I know it was on sale when it initially came out. That's when I got it. And then the price went up to, I think, I want to say 25 bucks. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) It's somewhere in there. Uh, What is your number eight?
1: So my number, no, my number nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. My number 10, I didn't really play. And my number nine, I didn't play at all because I could not play it. But I did watch someone play it. I watched a full playthrough on YouTube. Half-Life Alex. Really? I don't have a Valve Index or any sort of uh, current version of virtual reality, but I am very, very into virtual reality. And I'm also very into Half-Life and like the lore of Half-Life. And so I didn't want to drop like thousand dollars on a new computer and a headset but i did really really i was very interested in the story and just like the gameplay of like a triple a vr game made by valve and so i watched a guy on youtube play all the way through a guy that i watch on twitch a lot and i was uh enraptured by it uh it seems like a very very cool game if i had uh an index i would definitely play it but unfortunately i do not but I felt like I should put it on the list because I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. I probably spent like 20 hours watching him play it. I don't think it's that long of a game, but he went back and did some like modding of it and stuff. But uh, I felt like I play. I mean, I guess I, I didn't get immersed in it, but um, it's something I gained a lot of enjoyment about. Yeah, I've
0: heard nothing but good things about the game. Uh, I know you're like super into half-life and also vr so like i knew this would be a thing that would appeal to you but (laughs) but yeah i don't know not something i have played or probably will play that's
1: what i was talking to my brother about it and i was like man this guy did a great playthrough of it and he's like well someday i hope to i'm gonna eventually have vr and i'm gonna play it and i think i probably will someday play it as well but uh i couldn't wait i i knew that was going to be far away in the future so i i i I popped the tab on it, and I, I watched it, and it was great. Cool, but yeah. Hit me with that number eight, Zach.
0: Number eight is Doom Eternal.
1: Zach, that is my number eight. Is it really? Oh, we, wow. We matched up. What if it's the same for the rest of them? But yeah.
0: <laughs> We're very in sync. Uh, no, I... I don't know about you, but there was a time where I forgot that this was a 2020 game just because it like it was such a long year and it came out so early on in the year. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think Doom has some of the best feeling like shooting
1: in video games. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like the excellent pacing too. like I would sit down and play one level and it would take me like maybe 40 minutes to an hour and then I would be good. I could just like stand up and walk away and be like, man, that was a, that was a great hour of my life.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's so satisfying that combination of like gunplay and music and Mm -hmm. just like the movement and all the different mechanics that you have at your disposal, like jumping, you have double jump and dash and um, like you have a melee and all your different weapons and, like, when you watch somebody who's, like, really good at Doom play the game and they're just, like, hot swapping back and forth between, like, mm. their last couple of weapons and, like, so they're not even waiting on reloads and they're just, like, super efficiently taking everything down. Like, one, I can't quite get to that level, but also <laughs> just, like, it makes you feel like you can a little bit just because, I don't know, it's it's hard to explain because it's also... When you think, like, best shooter mechanics, you typically go to something like Call of Duty or Destiny because there's, Mm. like, ADS. Those are, like, more modern-style shooters. Mm -hmm. Um, Doom somehow is, like, a retro-style shooter that also feels super modern and, like, maybe as good as, if not better than a lot of the other modern shooters. So
1: I agree entirely, yeah.
0: Plus, uh, I thought they did some interesting things in Doom Eternal in terms of, like, they kind of go into the Slayer's background uh, in the Yeah, and it's
1: legitimately funny at parts as well. Like, I laughed multiple times while I was playing it.
0: Yeah. So, I think I liked it better than the first one or the last one. Hmm. Where would you rank it there?
1: That is a good question. Um... Because
0: I'm not going to lie. I fell off of, what was it, Doom 2016? I yeah, never, I never ended up finishing it, but I did finish Doom Eternal and liked it the whole way through.
1: I think you're right. Um, yeah, I think this is a better game. Although, I mean, there's something so pure about the first one. Or um, not the first one, but the 2016 one. But yeah, I think they have added so many things in this one that it's impossible not to say that it's better.
0: Yeah. So I guess that means I'm moving to my number seven pick then. Yeah. Alright. A little game called Star Renegades.
1: Ah, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, I watched uh, I think we watched a trailer for it together, but I never got into it.
0: Yeah, so I'm not normally into roguelike games. Like we've talked about that multiple times on this show, but I like a good turn-based combat system. I also like the the pixel art style and I like the the music in it. It's it's one of those roguelikes that tries to make you feel rewarded for like taking on a run and even though you fail and you have to start over again you'll unlock a different character and since you have like a party of i think you start out with a party of three and you can eventually have like four or five characters with you at, at a time um and so just sort of like working on building out a team composition that like works well together is interesting and like the more characters you unlock and the more you, you get other things as well. I forget what all you get. It's been a while since I played it, but you get you can unlock different types of gear that you can have sort of spawn for you in the world as you're going through it. And that'll help you. So there, there are some things there. And the story is pretty simple. There's like an alien invasion. It's a little bit. Um, what was that movie with Tom Cruise?
1: oh uh edge of tomorrow yeah
0: well it's it's kind of like that but instead of like you dying and uh waking up again (laughs) you die but this robot will go to like a it's like a multiverse it'll go to a different universe and find the same people and work with them and they're all also dealing with the alien invasion because this is all happening on in every universe basically. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it kind of, even though your characters died, okay, that universe has failed to push back the alien invaders. So we'll try go into a different universe and see if we can get people there to do it. So it's, it, it works. And I don't know. I just, the, what they did with the turn-based system, I think it's one of the best that I've played I really love how they have like the timing bar up at the top of the screen and you can very clearly see where each character is going to get their turn and certain characters have abilities to, if they hit somebody before they've had their turn, it will push them further back on that timing bar. And so you can kind of really strategize how you go about attacking. That system is very interesting. And I loved the way it worked. And so it kept me coming back. I kept trying to, you know, find a better team composition and sort of develop some of the relationships with the characters, which you kind of do a little bit. I think it's not, it's certainly not as nuanced as another game that we're going to talk about
1: here in a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. But I thought it was interesting. and
1: The art style, I remember being really cool as well.
0: Yeah, it's very, very good. I know you're Partial to pixel art as well, so, so yeah, it it's definitely got a unique look that you should look up if you have not seen this game at all. But yeah, I I loved it. Tell me about your number seven,
1: Zach. I think this is probably higher up on the list for you, but uh, Yakuza like a dragon.
0: Ooh, yeah, we may talk about that more
1: in a little bit. <laughs> um, I have not finished it. Uh, I took a break when other games come out, but I there was a period of time where I would play this game for, like, three hours a day every day and just, like, grind stuff, like, just do side missions and explore and not even do main quest missions. But I love it. I love the setting of it, the story. I I am not super in love with the combat because I want, the like, more of, like, a tactical yeah. ability to move people around. Uh, I think it's lacking in that, like, uh, too much of chance in it, random number generation, rather. But, yeah, um, that was
0: my problem with it as well. Like, I, I love... Uh, the story and characters, but the combat felt not as great to me. Because, like, we were just talking, or I was just saying in Star Renegades, where it very clearly identifies, like, mm-hmm. the order of turns, and, like, you know where all the characters are positioned. The the turn-based combat in Yakuza is kind of Random. Because the characters are moving about. It. They're moving about in the space at random. And so... Uh, One of the problems you encounter is there's like a it does the Super Mario RPG style thing of when you queue up an attack, you'll see the animation. And if you do a button press at the right time, you'll get like more damage out of it. Or or when you're being attacked, if you time a button press right, you'll get more defense. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll take less damage. But the problem with that is because the characters are all moving around at random and the camera's, like, dynamically trying to pan around and keep track of all the action, what'll happen is you'll have your character attack somebody and then the camera will, like, whip around to the right to try to zoom in on the next person who's attacking your character. And you're like, there's no way I can time a button press while the camera's, like, searching around trying to find (laughs) who's attacking next. Like... So it doesn't the combat is certainly not one of the strong suits of you Yakuza. also you
1: get benefits from like when someone's knocked down like focusing on that person, yeah, yeah, but if all of your people are splayed around erratically uh they could still like some person might be super far away or they might have to run by a couple of people in which case they're just gonna like get like tripped basically yeah. uh which is not great and i I want the ability to, like, manage where they are on the field, which um, maybe makes the combat too complicated. But I feel like I – there's so many situations where there's one, like, big heavy that I'm trying to take down and I can't focus on them because everybody is just, like, wandering around in front of a bunch of bikes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or, like, you'll have a character that has, like, an area of effect attack that could de- deal damage to multiple people. Yeah. But because they're moving around at random, they may enter or exit your area of effect when you try to do your attack. And so you may end up not actually getting the benefit of area of effect attack and you just end up hitting one person. You're like, well, that didn't work out.
1: I also wish that I could pick the order that my team attacked in because oftentimes like my person with the area of effect attack is like the second or third person that I get to use and by that time, the clump of enemies that were just, like, walking by have all spread yeah. out, uh, which is not great for me.
0: Yeah, and it would be nice, like uh, like I said, to have, like, a either a timing bar so you knew where everybody was going to attack on the timeline mm-hmm. or that they each had, like, a, a turn meter somewhere displayed so that you knew who was going to get to attack next. Uh, And then like a turn or two after that as well. So that you could be like, okay, my character with the AOE attack is like third. So I'm going to use my first character to boost attack up on everybody or whatever. Um, But you can't really make those decisions very well because you don't really know the order that everybody's going to be attacking.
1: Yeah, but it's still a good game. uh, And I enjoyed it. Someday I hope to pick it back up. Uh, but today is not that day. Zach, <laughs> what is your number, whatever we're on? Seven? Six. Six.
0: I suspect this game might be higher on your list, but my number six is Hades. Really? Very low. Yeah, lower than most. Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge roguelike person, so I have like fallen off of this game, uh, but I, I played a lot more of it than I have any other roguelike. Yeah, um, and I—it
1: th- sucks you in with that loop.
0: Yeah, I think, and the big reason is because of how good it is at making you feel rewarded every time you make a, a run. You're just as excited to get back to like the main hub where everybody is to to talk to, because there's so much going on there as well. So it, it does something that I most roguelikes don't do and that's like tell an interesting story with interesting characters Mm. where being in the main hub where you can talk to everybody is everybody's interesting if not more interesting than like doing the combat and I mean the combat itself is very good as well so it's not like that's a, a downside and you're just hoping to get back to have more conversations but um yeah, I, I enjoy the different weapons. I enjoy the combat, but there's so much going on with like the characters and all of that that I don't know. I really, really did enjoy it a lot. Um, it's just not the type of game that I will probably spend a hundred hours playing. If that makes mm-hmm. sense.
1: Yeah, I um, I so I did, the, I beat it, but you know, when you beat it, you don't really beat it. Right. But I, I basically completed a run, and then I probably completed like maybe five or six more runs and then i just kind of fell off of it but i know that i need to keep doing it to progress the story i just other things came out but it was great to just sit down and like bang out a run and then feel really accomplished at the end of it and like spend all my points did you get it on switch
0: i I did i've been playing it on switch or i did play it on switch but
1: it has cross save with pc which is cool but i have not taken advantage of that
0: would you have to you'd have to buy it again on steam
1: You'd have to buy it again on Steam, but you wouldn't lose any of your progress and you could play with keyboard and mouse, although I'm not sure that I would enjoy that. I yeah, think I was it gonna be say, better with controller.
0: I was going to say, it seems like the type of game that I would rather play with a controller, but...
1: I don't know. I mean, definitely like the bow, maybe like the projectile weapons would be better with mouse and keyboard, but I don't know. I think Switch is definitely the place to be for Hades.
0: I think so too, especially since like you can just like do a run uh, in like 20 minutes on your Switch and then just put it in rest yeah. mode and walk away again and then you know i every game is ideal for the switch <laughs> i <laughs> guess is what i'm saying but uh um no if you're a fan of greek mythology for sure you need to play hades
1: a good year for you yes because uh what else came out i feel like um what was that ubisoft game uh, oh yeah the,
0: immortals phoenix rising yeah,
1: also very greek inspired
0: neither of us played that game so it's not going to yep. be on this list spoilers
1: <laughs> well my next game it might be higher up on the list for you, but uh, I put it here because I am still undecided on it. I very much like it, but I haven't beaten it, and it's uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Ooh, lower than I thought it would be on your list. Yeah, you know, I in looking, I tried to gauge like how how much enjoyment I got out of something, but also like... Um,
0: how much time you put into amount, it.
1: <laughs> exactly. The amount of time I put into it and just like the way it made me feel. And I, I, I really am enjoying Cyberpunk 2077. 2077 but i i feel like i still have barely scratched the surface of it because i'm just wandering around doing side quests and like not really doing the main mission so i can't speak to the story elements of it i i did Um, that for
0: a while too i got to a point where i was like am i enjoying this because i I started getting bored of it because all i was doing like I convinced myself that I, I'm going to go around. I'm going to complete all these side quests. I'm just—I'm not even going to look at my journal. I'm just going to open the mm. the map and be like, "Okay, That's what I'm do- exactly, here's, yeah. a, here's a side quest. I'm going to go to this and do this." But I got bored of that fairly quickly, and I think you do have to not do that. It, it's it's kind of like what everybody said when uh dragon age inquisition came out Mm -hmm. uh and they were like you have to leave the hinterlands which is the like open the first area you go to um because you'll get like bogged down just like trying to do all the side quests that pop up in that area and you'll just burn out because it's not it's not designed for that like it's you need to like do these every now and then as like a supplement. Like you need to focus on the main story. And I think like once I started doing that with Cyberpunk, once I like started doing some of the meteor side quests and some of the like main storyline quests, I like really got into it.
1: I have like just this morning I was playing a little bit of it, uh, and I had started doing main storyline. And they are it's crazy how vastly different like the main story is from side gigs and other random things you run into you i feel like you forget if you're just running running around doing like well there's a bunch of bad guys here and you got to find a specific one of them and loot his body Mm -hmm. or like oh here's an area where there might be a cyber psycho check that out whereas like if you do one of the main missions there is like much higher production value and you're talking to people and new interesting things are happening I'm excited to play more of it. And I'm excited to do more story. I was trying to like up my stats before I moved any forward, but yeah. I think you're right. I think the what the way to do it is to. So how far are you in it?
0: I have not completed Act Two because I did spend a long time just doing a lot of the like gigs and side missions. Yep. Yeah. Um. So I have not. I'm all. I'm trying to avoid main quest line, but I've played enough of it where. Like, some of the characters you meet in the main quest line will eventually have their own set of, like, side quests to go through. Mm. And they're pretty meaty. Like, I got to the point where I was pretty impressed with those to the point where it almost felt like these could be, like, main storyline in a different game. Like, <laughs> you do missions for Judy, you do missions with Pan Am, and you do missions with... um this uh detective guy or i guess he's like a former cop named river Ooh,
1: i just i think i just learned about that guy and i'm about to go meet him
0: yeah and you you do missions uh sort of for johnny silverhand um that sort of delve into his background and some of the people he used to run with back in the day and all of that stuff is super interesting to me to the point where like i don't mind that i'm not doing the main quest line Mm-hmm. I'm just like enjoying seeing where those quest lines are going. So, I like, I think it got um dinged a little bit from some people for being like, well, you have like these side quests that are just go here and kill these people and then you're done. And I'm like, well, now I'm learning that those are clearly marked differently, like they're mm-hmm. they're gigs, the, those aren't the side quests, they the side quests they actually have. There's a good number of those that actually are like these things that keep going where like you think you'll have wrapped up uh, somebody's story and their side quest and then they'll come back like a couple hours later and you'll have more to do for them. And it just sort of keeps going. And so they are a lot more meaty than maybe people have given them credit for. Also, there's a lot of like interesting stuff that happens. Like, did you find Skippy the Smart Pistol?
1: Yes, yeah, after I saw your video, I did. Uh,
0: There's also a side quest where you meet a guy that has, like, a grenade for a nose. I've seen
1: pictures of him, but I haven't run into him yet.
0: Yeah, that was funny. And then, like, I also talked to a talking vending machine that I think if I went back to that area, he might have more to say to me. But that that felt like a reference to Red Dwarf because there's a, a point in the conversation where, like, V is trying to get him to sort of break his programming and say something mean instead of just always being nice and complimentary mm-hmm. um and then there's a side quest that ended with like an office reference there's oh. a lot of like pop culture references in cyberpunk
1: yeah some of them i guess the only one that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth was that portal one.
0: Oh yeah
1: that was just like i feel like they just took direct lines from the game <laughs> and dropped them in and i was it's, like it's the same what? voice actors too why is this happening?
0: <laughs> like it's it really is the same voice actress.
1: It's, some it of them, was crazy when I started hearing. that. Some of
0: them are definitely yeah a little too on the nose, but I don't know. I I kind of like when games will openly reference other bits of pop culture.
1: Like Yakuza yeah, does yeah, it I as
0: well, that. where they directly reference um, Dragon Quest. Yeah. So
1: well, what's your uh, number five? We're at the halfway point.
0: Halfway there, my number five is Watch Dogs Legion.
1: I never played this and I really wanted to uh what uh
0: you liked it I think yeah I think I've definitely got it higher than most people. I think this ended up not making a lot of people's list just because it it's flawed it's a flawed game <laughs> and I I understand that but I also had so much fun just like um like you hack a cargo drone and fly around uh this like fairly realistic representation of London. I like when games make, like, real-world cities, like, their location.
1: <laughs> like, I'm, Why do you say it's flawed?
0: I, it's flawed because the whole point is you're trying to get all these people. Anyone on the, the street can be um, one of your characters that you can play as. You can sort of recruit everyone, um, and I guess in that way, it's more satisfying than cyberpunk where like ever, just the random people on the street don't do anything like the, yeah. the city living city aspect of that game is not that great when I mean, we thought it would be, but it's not um, watchdogs Legion. Any random citizen can be recruited and then you can play as them. Um, but that also means that during the story, like each cutscene that's trying to build on the last one to tell a story There's just this random new person there (laughs) that was not a part of the things that happened previously and may not be there again next time. Like It's hard for those to sort of line up together and sort of build to anything cohesive when you don't really have a main uh,
1: character. Did you play with permadeath on? Yes, I did. Did any of your characters die and you were super bummed out about it?
0: Yeah, so that... I know, like, a lot of people were saying it needed a main character to make the story work. But I I ended up liking my the people I did play at so that when they ended up dying, I did feel bummed about it. Because, like, I would find a character that had, like, a cool ability set. Like, I had a bunch of spies that had, like, they could summon... Uh, like 007 style Aston Martin and they had like a silenced pistol and they had a watch that could like hack people and so I would be like it started feeling like a James Bond game like I would sneak around and silence you know takedowns and then I would complete my objective and then eventually you start getting into these more like combat focused missions and like obviously a one pistol is not quite as good as having like an assault rifle. And so I would lose my spy and I would be like, man, I wanted that to be the character that I played through this entire game with. And (laughs) I don't know, you, you end up liking the voice actor or the personality that the character has, uh, and their ability set. So when you lose somebody, you do eventually start to get bummed out by it. Uh, and it makes you play the game completely differently where you're going to be maybe a little more careful. Mm. And I think the way the game wants you to play is, okay, we have some missions where you have to infiltrate like a police station. So I'm going to recruit a policeman so that he has that outfit. He can walk in there and not be noticed. Same with like a hospital or like a construction site. And so you want to have sort of Pokemon style. You want to have like <laughs> one of everyone. So you, you have all the bases covered, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. I just wanted the person that had the big assault rifle so that I could always, you know, stand a chance of surviving like big shootouts. And so like some of that stuff works and some of it doesn't. And I think they need to sort of iterate and mm. sort of refine all of those mechanics and, and, the way they sort of implement the play as everyone.
1: I'm sure they will. I'm excited to see what the next one is going to be.
0: Yeah. So I, I also think that they need to make this like their exclusive feature, the thing that is Watchdogs. You know, it's not just hacking anymore. Now it's play as anyone permadeath. Oh, really?
1: Yes. Interesting. I wonder, I feel like there's a 50-50 chance. Maybe, not, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, I could see the next one being another main character. I could see it also being this uh, new innovative feature again.
0: I feel like I would be super bummed out if the next one didn't have this. But I did have a crazy amount of fun just, like, running around and causing havoc in this game. It's one of those open world games where just, like, being in the world and running around doing crazy stuff is as much fun and maybe more fun than actually playing through the story.
1: Yeah, I remember really enjoying just like wandering around and getting up to nonsense in Watch Dogs 2. Yeah,
0: so I think that's where it's strongest and that's why it deserves a spot on the list, not because of its main storyline. So tell me about your number five.
1: Vastly different from your number five. I don't even know if it's on your list, but I had a lot of fun with it and I basically 100%ed it, except I think there was a glitch that allowed me to not get 100%. A short hike.
0: I have not played that.
1: It came out on uh Steam and I it looked really good, but I knew one day it would come out for Switch and it did. And uh man, it was a lot of fun. It's like a little bit Breath of the Wildy, a little bit Animal Crossingy, but you basically are it's a very short game, but you're on this island, it's like almost N64 level of graphics. And you're just going around, and you're a little bird, and you can fly. Uh, and you can only fly, like, the amount of golden feathers that you have. So you're basically going around and doing all these tasks to get a stamina meter, uh, which allows you to fly and climb by collecting golden feathers. Uh, and eventually, you get the whole point is to get to the, the peak of this mountain. And eventually, you get enough feathers to do that. But there's still a ton of stuff to do. And they added, like, a boat in the Switch version that you can play around on. Uh, But I I wish it was a full-length game of just that. I mean, it is a full game, but it's only, like, maybe... I probably put maybe four hours into it, maybe less than that. But uh, I loved it. The aesthetic is beautiful. The music is great. Um, It's very, very satisfying to max out your feathers. Um... It's something I think everybody should play. It's a very, very fun little game.
0: Was the art style cool?
1: Very cool. It's like um, it's it's like a it's like an N sixty four game kind of where it's like low poly, almost like you're looking at it on a, a CRT. Like, um, oh, interesting. It's uh, it's very, very cool, and it's all like the island is basically a big circle, and you're so you're kind of like wrapping around. It takes a while to get your bearings and figure out exactly where you are on the island, but. Uh, once you do it enough, because there's like a lot of races where it's like, hey, race me to the lighthouse. And I it was too early in the game. So I was like, I have no idea where the lighthouse is, <laughs> but it's a very, very cool game. And I hope I don't know what the developer is going to do next, but I would love for just like more of that. But uh, who can say it might just be lightning in a bottle.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I haven't really looked too far into it.
1: What is uh, your number four, Zach? We're getting down to it.
0: Number four, we already talked about it, Cyberpunk 2077. I think it's a flawed game, and most of the flaws have to do with its performance. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've had much in the way of bugs. I know you've been playing it on Stadia. and
1: Some. I've had some bugs. I had to restart one Cyber Psycho mission because when I killed the Cyber Psycho, She fell into some stairs, and so I couldn't loot her body because she just like fell through the world. Huh. But uh, that's probably the only game breaking one I've run into.
0: Uh, So I've been playing it on PC, and the issue I have is like if I run or drive like a few blocks from my initial position, like eventually everybody just turns into blobs. Like (laughs) all the people and all the vehicles are textureless blobs. And Uh, sometimes different items in the world, just like gates and different stuff that's on like the sidewalks will just not populate for a solid like 10 seconds. Uh, and that does take you out of the experience after a while, but
1: a year from now, I'm sure it'll, it's going to be an insanely different game that's like super optimized and great and we'll have some DLC, but we're still in the early days of everything was too rushed. Yeah.
0: I mean otherwise like we talked about it, I'm really enjoying the side quests and the characters and I'm interested to see how the main story wraps up. I know like it's it has that problem that you always talk about with Mass Effect 3 and like it's pretty common in this type of game where like the main quest line is this thing that you would be like if I was role playing this, my main character would not waste any time doing anything yeah. else. <laughs> they would have to focus solely on this main quest line. Um, but I don't know. I think we've dealt with that enough in these games that you just kind of go eh, whatever. I'm going to I'm going to play the game and try to level my character and just uh, put that out of mind as much as possible and yeah. uh I mean, yeah, like I said, the the side quests in the game I'm really enjoying. And I wanna know where those are going as much as I wanna know where the main storyline is going. And when I'm not having issues with textures not loading in, the city is actually really gorgeous to look at. And
1: it is for sure. I finished a mission and it was raining and I hadn't seen that yet before. And so I just, like, wandered around looking at stuff in the rain, and it was beautiful. Yeah,
0: I've done that, too, where, like, I'll just be like, man, this area is so cool looking that I, instead of running, I'll even just, like, walk around and just, like, I'm looking up and looking at all the mm-hmm. everything in the world, and it just looks so cool. It, it could be one of those games where I spend as much time just, like, looking at the scenery as I do actually playing the game. But I've posted some, some uh, pictures on Instagram of... Uh, I saw, yeah. Of the world. I've taken more, but yeah, I don't know. At some point, I'll get back to playing the game itself. (laughs) Um, So that's my number four. What's your number four?
1: I wonder if this is on your list. Uh, My number four is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Really? I thought it would be higher on your list. Uh, I had other things, I think, that I (laughs) enjoyed. I mean, I I played through this uh, and beat it, and I really enjoyed a lot of it. Um the music was insanely good the music and I would so just good. wander around. <laughs> uh it's like I think it was I want to say like Aerith's main area. Uh I would just like wander around that place and listen to the music. Yeah, but, it was very um, good. It's so good and I I enjoyed the combat a lot. I uh I don't have a ton of bad things to say about it actually. Um I wish it was the full Final Fantasy VII experience, but I guess we'll have to wait for that. Yeah, that's probably um, the
0: biggest knock on it, honestly, is like, uh, especially with the ending where yeah. it, it feels like a lot of things happen that, especially for someone like me who hasn't played other Final Fantasy games and hasn't played the original Final Fantasy hmm. VII, um you just have no context for a lot of what's happening and you're just like well i don't even
1: it's true yeah i mean i definitely i hadn't played it since college and i played through all of it with my girlfriend prior to the remake coming out and it is crazy how much like there are seeds of things to come just like sprinkled throughout but uh
0: and and to a certain extent like i to me it didn't bother me as much as it bothered a a lot of other people but because to me i was just like well you know this is part one like i'm sure that this will make sense in time so i kind of accepted it for what it was in the same way Mm. that like you get to the end of the first lord of the rings movie and you're like wait they didn't wrap up this story at all so i I didn't (laughs) get to i wasn't like that but uh there was a lot of stuff that i'm like i might need to like play the next game or two and then watch mm. a replay of this game just to be like, oh, that's what that was, you know.
1: <laughs> um what's your number four or three?
0: My number three is Yakuza like a dragon. Ah. Uh, so I enjoy the characters and the story so much. Like we already, t- How far did we you already get? talked about the problems that we've had with the combat, but like I think the story and characters are making up for it for me in a, a big way to the point where I don't really care as much. Also, I think the combat is growing on me a little bit like I'm cause as you, you continue to play, you unlock, you can get more characters and you can unlock other classes for them to play. And so the combat does get a little bit more interesting because you can start to strategize. Okay. I'm, I'm going to use this character's this one ability that can stun somebody and I can use this ability that will like make somebody not able to attack and then you can kind of okay I'm going to take out make these two people not be able to attack and then I can focus on these other characters and so you can kind of strategize a little bit more than you can at the beginning of the game when you have none of those abilities. I think I made it a little bit further than you. I I am still playing it. I I've been switching back and forth between uh, cyberpunk and Yakuza, and I—I I think I'm into chapter ten or eleven, which is beyond the point. Of, so I think last time we did a podcast, you talked about how you were at the point where Namba had left the party.
1: Yes, he. The part that um I hit a wall at was you—you you realize he's he's hiding out at Bleach headquarters, um, and so you go there, and then you have to fight that guy that basically set you up that time. And I found that boss fight to be impenetrable, uh, such that I probably will have to go back and level up before I can beat him.
0: So you haven't done the uh, wrecking ball fight, have you? No. Okay, so you're not even that far. All right. I definitely have struggled with the combat at times, but I, I think I have enough characters that have different healing abilities that mm. uh, I was able to get through all of that stuff on my first try. Which is maybe a tip, like use uh, classes that have like healing abilities.
1: What are your classes? Like, uh, I am, I left the main guy as hero. Yeah. And then Nan was a chef. Oh, I, I left
0: him as the homeless guy.
1: Maybe I should turn back to that. I made the police officer a uh, whatever the thing is that has a giant hammer. I think construction worker. Is and that what that I is? I, I,
0: I had him on that class for a while as well, but I don't think it was a construction worker. I thought he was like a bouncer or something like that. Yeah. But I I did uh-huh. I eventually switched him to whatever the class is where you can have a guitar because that's more of a support oh. style class. And so you can, like the first thing you do with him, yeah. your very first move is this like heal over time thing for everybody. Ooh. I should do that. And then... What do you have for Sachan?
1: I made her the Dominatrix.
0: Is that which one is that?
1: Night woman. Or like Night Lady. No,
0: like what's your uh weapon? A whip. Okay, that's not what I'm using. I'm using the one with the <laughs> microphone. I think it's a host.
1: Oh yeah, she's like a host yeah. or like an idol, maybe? Yeah,
0: she can heal
1: everybody with that class. And
0: her main attack or like her first special ability is an attack that can I forget what the term is they use, but it, it makes them not able to attack. like Or, or mm. at least there's a chance if the effect is active. Yeah. Sorry, there are people moving in, and it's very noisy right now. <laughs>
1: I can't hear anything. Okay,
0: well, uh, anyway, yeah, so I, I've used that class for her. And then another tip, if you get through that section... Actually, is Nambo with your party right now? No. Okay, so the other thing I did, and you may have to get through that section before you can do it is I played the, the very next thing I did is I went to the business management mini game.
1: Yeah. Where you're like making cookies
0: and no, the where you, um what is that? Ichiban confections. I guess you're making yeah. cookies, but <laughs> uh, if you play enough of that to the point where you get your business within the top 100 of businesses, The woman who owns the place, Aerie, you can add her to your party. So, oh, really? So then you, yeah, so then you'll have four characters again, which makes the next couple of battles that you have to take on easier because you have a fourth person. Whereas if you didn't recruit her, you would just have the three people. Interesting. So definitely do that because you're going to want four people, especially when you get to the point where you have to battle a a wrecking ball. It's so good. It is. And the side quests, like we talked about this briefly, I think on the last show, where the the side quests in this game, like they keep going. And there's a lot to yeah. them. They're not just like simple one-off things. And the characters you meet in those side quests are so likable. And um, I, I the writing in the game is just very, very good. It's some of the best writing in a game that I have played in a long time.
1: I want to finish the story out, and so I will someday keep playing it, but I'll have well, to wait. Well, so be because I,
0: I started playing Cyberpunk, I was worried that I was going to fall off of Yakuza and that I was going to just move completely over to Cyberpunk, and then I would just it would take me a long time to finish Cyberpunk, and I would never go back to Yakuza again. But I decided... Not to do that. So I'm switching back and forth so that I can keep up with both of them and not fall off of either of them. But it's <laughs> probably going to take me longer to get through both of
1: them doing it this way. Yeah. Uh,
0: so tell me about your
1: number three. My number three is number two. Zach, it's Last of Us Part Two. Ooh.
0: I did not play this game.
1: I played it uh, with my girlfriend because she likes to watch me play those Naughty Dog games. Um, it's very cinematic. I enjoyed it a lot, Um, and the ending I did not super like, but I actually this week was just like driving around thinking about it, and I realized that probably almost certainly there's going to be a third one, Uh, and I can see in my mind what the plot of it is going to be, and so I think that the second one had to end this way, and so I'm a little more okay with it, thinking of it as a second in a trilogy. But I don't super want to get into specifics, but um i I really I really liked it uh I there right when I beat it, I wish that it had ended like a half an hour or an hour before and just like cut at basically the first kind of ending but um I get it. I get why what happened happened, and it was good. It was engaging the entire time and uh, they did some very interesting time stuff uh i was uh I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I don't know. I liked the first game, but I am so zombied out, for one, that, like, that type of sort of Walking Dead post-apocalyptic, like, just dour, sad setting was not mm-hmm. something I was like, I can't wait to get back into that world. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, plus, given, like, the year it came out in, I was like, I need something more uplifting than this. So I, just, yeah. I just ended up not playing it at all, so... <laughs>
1: I think it's a, I think it's a solid game. The mechanics, just like the game, the time, like the hour to hour gameplay, is super super fun. Uh, there was one section that was a bit of an open world section that I was not super into, but um, the puzzles are cool. The graphics are insane for current generation. Yeah, it
0: looks incredible just from what I've seen. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I, one hundred percent, I'm going to play the third one and whenever they reveal it like four years from now or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what's your number three? or 2. My
0: number it. 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake.
1: Wow, higher up. Yeah, I I can't
0: believe that it's higher on my list than your list. I thought for sure yeah. uh, you would have it higher than me. But yeah, I love the the characters. I love the I thought the graphics were great or maybe great for the main cast and a little bit <laughs> average for everybody else in the world, but um about chadley chadley yeah uh i didn't interact with that character much which is a shame because i now know that you have to do his little like arena fights in order to unlock more summons and i did not realize that as i was playing through the game
1: that's the difference between you and me because right when i encountered that character i i picked up my phone and i googled like what's the deal with Chadley?" (laughs) uh and then it was like oh you should actually talk to this person i was like oh okay i will
0: see because i just saw him i was like well I'm not going to talk to Chadley if I don't have to. (laughs) Uh, But no, the combat, I I enjoyed, but I didn't love it. Um, I do think it was interesting the way. So it reminded me of Dragon Age Inquisition, where you can essentially swap to any character in your party if you want to, like, you know, change a pace. I've been fighting as Cloud for a while. Now I want to. You know, play as Barrett and have a gun.
1: A great combat system. Yeah,
0: and it was very cool the way that you can sort of manipulate that to your advantage by building up your ATB and then swapping to a different character, or you know, let them the the AI sort of build up your ATB and then swap around to use all the special abilities you know throughout the course of combat. Uh, But I found some of the boss fights extremely long and drawn out and occasionally very frustrating to the point where i i eventually switched it down to easy to get through uh i think it was the airbuster one
1: i switched it to easy for there's a fight it's some giant robot and you don't have cloud it's at the very end of the game in shinra tower where you get separated and i could not beat it i played it like two times and it was just a very very long fight there's like a cannon that constantly is being shot at you some sort of laser cannon and I had to switch to easy because it was just, like, too much for me.
0: Yeah, and so I think for that that reason, it knocked it down a little bit on my list. That and the, what we talked about, about just not always having context for what was happening and being a little bit confused by the ending. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I loved the world, loved being in the, that space, loved all the characters. There, the writing for those characters was good for the most part, and then occasionally you would have Barrett that would be a really over the top <laughs> uh, in kind of a funny way. But uh this has made me want to go back and play the original. I'll say that much.
1: It's on Switch, and they've added a bunch of quality of life things. Really? Yeah, like you can play it three times speed, and you can also set it so that everyone constantly has their limit breaks. Uh, so like combat flies by and when you're running around you can also turn off random encounters um so you could just like hammer Ooh. through that game and just do story beats and interesting fights and not have to deal with uh just like running into a bunch of cacti that you have to fight every once in a while <laughs> i think they did the same thing for final fantasy 8 as well
0: interesting so it's on switch uh for how much
1: probably very cheap i i i can't say I think when I bought it, it was maybe like fifteen dollars, maybe less than that, maybe like seven ninety nine.
0: Well, I'm definitely gonna do that then.
1: It's very good. It's I would recommend like using all those features
0: for sure. If, if I do end up playing it, I'm definitely gonna get it on Switch and use all of those features to make <laughs> it faster and simpler to get through, because it sounds like a very long game as well.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, hit me with that number two, Zach.
0: That was number two. Did you give me your number two? Oh, that, what?
1: I did that. My number. Oh, yeah. My number two is Hades, which we already talked okay, about. Okay, gotcha.
0: What's your number one? My number one is Ghost of Tsushima.
1: Ah, another game I have wanted to play, but I never picked up. I chose uh, Last of Us Part Two to play over the week, over the summer, and I never picked up Ghost of Tsushima, but I always wanted to. Yeah,
0: I did not play uh, Last of Us Part Two because I knew Ghost of Tsushima was coming shortly after, and I was more the seemed more up my alley and uh it's great i love the aesthetic of it i think it's a beautiful game to look at just like when you're riding around on your horse and you have like the crazy uh you know particle effects and the leaves and uh you have the the grass swaying all over the place and like the minimal hud that is mostly like you're guided by wind like all of that is great and I I love the the combat as well I love the different like sword stances that you have and that's how you kind of like switching between those is how you deal with different enemy types and and to the point where I found Assassin's Creed Valhalla's combat pretty underwhelming after having played Ghost of Tsushima Um, and I love the fact that it's like an old samurai story that like because i'm a fan of old kurosawa films and the fact that there's an actual like kurosawa mode for this game like i loved (laughs) that as well and um yeah it's a little bit that ubisoft style open world in that you have these like enemy encampments to go clear out so it it felt kind of like that i love that that sounds great yeah i enjoyed that as well and the fact that like stealth is one of the ways you can choose to go about clearing those out was fun to me. Um, I thought there was a good variety of like combat mechanics between like the samurai style and the ghost style and I enjoyed the story as well. I thought it was interesting because you kind of end up at odds with your family a little bit and so just sort of like old tradition versus like newer techniques and things like that becomes like a, a major focal point of the story. And I thought it was interesting how they did that. And it sort of, uh, mani- manipulated your feelings a little bit with, um, mm. cause it, the game does a good job of in the initial hours, setting up, um, uh, your family and your sense of duty and honor towards your family and, um, towards sort of your mentor character who becomes kind of a father figure to you, And then how the story and what you know you have to do to beat the enemy kind of puts you at odds with your father figure. And a lot of that relationship really was interesting and worked really well for me. So I I really enjoyed the story. And to, to me, the reason why it was number one over some of the other games was it was sort of the game that didn't feel like i loved it but there was like this one major flaw that i had to look past whereas i thought no. like cyberpunk loved it but there's a lot of bugs and performance issues um yakuza love it but don't love the combat uh final fantasy 7 remake love it but there's a lot of stuff i don't really get about that game <laughs> uh <laughs> ghost of tsushima just great all around uh, and then they added like a free update that added new game plus and ghost of sushima legends that cooperative mode that Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed and i would love to jump back into that and play more of it um i like a good uh cooperative like kind of survival mode and this is a really good one, really interesting one. Had a lot of fun with it. Also, I don't know if it's just the art style or just how good it looks, but it's one of those games that, like, as I was playing it, I was like, now this feels like a next-gen game at the tail end of the previous gen. Mm. You know what I mean? It just looked and played so polished that I I couldn't not be impressed with it the whole way through. So (laughs) hit me with your number
1: one. Zach, you know I like to cheat a little bit when we do top 10s and tops 5s. You are known for that. Unintentionally. (laughs) My number one game of the year, the thing I spent the most time playing, ironically, is Dungeons & Dragons, the pen and paper game.
0: So not a video game.
1: No. Since August, since like early August, me and a group of my childhood friends, every Saturday have logged on. The pandemic has helped with this because no one can go anywhere. Um, but the four of us have logged on and I have not been the dungeon master for the first time ever. Uh, one of my friends is DMing and I'm just playing as a character in his campaign. Uh, but we've been doing it every Saturday since early August. We've only missed like two or three weekends. Uh, and it's been great. It's made me really want to get that Baldur's Gate game when it comes out of early access because that's basically Dungeons and Dragons. But uh, pen and paper RPGs, man, are, uh, are really great. And I think a lot of people are probably looking for things to do since they can't, like, leave their homes. And I would say that, like, uh, virtual, like, um, what is it? The, the website that we use that has really, really streamlined everything is Roll20, which is free. You can create a free account and you can get, like, it has all the Dungeons & Dragons 5e stuff built into it. So you can make characters, and the dungeon master can control like the map that you see, and there's just, you can make buttons to click instead of rolling dice, um, and it's great. It's, and it's basically completely free. Um, you just need the source books, which you can find anywhere. But uh, yeah, Dungeons & Dragons, pen and paper RPGs are great, and they're very fun to play on in person, but I think they're equally as fun to play um, online. I'm jealous
0: because I would love to get into that kind of thing. Because the, the f- like one time that we got a chance to do that together with some friends that we worked with, I had a yeah. lot of fun with it, and it was a blast. I think it would be so much fun to do that more. I just don't know enough people that would be into that sort of thing to like. I'm telling you, man, we should
1: try to rope in some of our co uh, cowork our old co my, my old coworkers, but your current coworkers. Uh, and uh, see if they would be into that, because I think we could get at least one good session out of that before uh, it fell apart. <laughs> yeah, we
0: probably could, and I would like to do that, because I agree with you that like just sitting around playing like a pen and paper RPG with your friends is a lot of fun, and, and you know, definitely worth doing.
1: I'll give a shout-out, an honorable mention. Um, like, pre-Dungeons pre and Dragons games every week, we do, like, a little like random thing as like a palate cleanser before we start the campaign and a thing that we've been doing lately i didn't know i even owned this but i do uh i have a game called drawful 2 which i think is a jackbox game i think i got it as some sort of humble bundle and just never installed it but it's basically pictionary but you all play on your phones so it's available on any console like you can get on switch or computer or anything but you basically all you need to do is uh everyone needs to see the same screen and then you go to like jackbox.tv and type in the code of the game and then you all just like draw on your phone and it's like a Pictionary game where you get points if you draw something that looks more similar to the thing and people guess yours on accident instead of the real one but uh you can play with up to eight people and it's I think it's only like five bucks or something on Steam uh and it's a lot of fun uh it's you can you can We always say we're just going to do like one game, but we end up playing like three games before we get into Dungeons and Dragons. It's a Jackbox. The Jackbox technology of like using your phone as the device you play on is uh, like it feels like magic.
0: Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people got into uh, what is that game? That big game that everybody's playing or. Among us? Yes, Among Us. Because. Can you play that on your phone? I think. Didn't it start as a mobile game? Am I wrong? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Either way that is one of those games where it's like simple to play so like even people who are not like into video games have gotten into it mm-hmm. I'm just checking my phone right now so I'm not crazy yeah it is. it's a, a mobile game that you can also play on PC but uh yeah neither of us played among us which is why it didn't make either of our lists <laughs> um any games that you didn't get around to that you want to
1: play I mean, Watch Dogs Legion and Ghost of Tsushima are two giant ones that I need to get around to. Uh,
0: For me, uh, Persona 5 Royal came out.
1: Uh. Uh,
0: I loved Persona 5 when it came out two years ago, three years, whenever that was. Um, And this is just more of that game. I didn't finish it the first time because it's so long. Um, So I find it incredibly daunting, the idea of playing a version of that that's even longer. Um, (laughs) But I... It, like that's the game that if there's ever a game in your your head that you're like, one of these days, I'm going back to that game because it, it like is always in your head and you're like, I love the soundtrack to that game. Like I I'll, every now and then I'll think about it and be like, that was such a good game. I want to go back to it. Persona 5 is that game for me where I'm always like, I'm going to go back and finish this game one of these days. Um, and the fact that there's now like a new version of it that I can like start over and sort of recap myself on everything that goes on plus I've heard it's a little bit more uh streamlined in some ways uh improves on the experience of the original um it's like the perfect excuse to get back into that game and I've been wanting to for so long that I probably will at some point this year play it but uh I did not end up playing it before we recorded this podcast, so I couldn't comment on it. But What's it on? It's on PS4 and PS5, I guess. It's a PlayStation exclusive.
1: PSE.
0: Yeah. Um, also, there's a little, like, I think this was a 2020 game. Have you heard of Iconfell?
1: That sounds familiar to me, but I don't know what it's it is. It's like a
0: pixel art game that's sort of inspired by Earthbound. It's sort of that style RPG. Okay um i i've heard the soundtrack to it but i have not played the game and the the music is pretty great and one of these days i will probably get around to trying to play that game but it seems pretty good Hmm. so those are the ones i'm probably most disappointed that i didn't get to play um i wish i could have played more assassin's creed valhalla oh cool thing so i have assassin's creed valhalla on stadia And because like over Christmas, um, I had an extra Stadia premiere edition, so I gave it to my sister and my brother also has a Stadia premiere edition. So we were like, hey, we have this like family thing where all the movies and TV shows we own through Google Play, we can all access because if I bought something, my brother can also watch it that mm. extends to stadia games as well. So if I Ooh. if I have bought a game, my brother can also play it.
1: That's crazy. So
0: the only thing is you can't both be playing it at the same time, I think. Oh. So if you wanted to that play like sense. a co-op game, you would both have to own it. But if I have played and finished Cyberpunk, my brother can play it and I don't he doesn't have to buy it. Um, which is very cool. So my sister has actually put more time into Assassin's Creed Valhalla than I have, even though <laughs> nice. I was the one who bought it. And I sh- I'm the one that has a podcast about games. So, <laughs> so yeah, we uh, she could probably tell you more about that game than I could at this point. But uh, you want to move on to what we're anticipating this year?
1: Yeah, I just threw a couple things down. Um, Solar Ash, is from the makers of, uh, oh man, I'm gonna forget Hyper Light Drifter, which is a game I loved and I played oh, I think yeah. three times. I played it on Steam and then I played it on PlayStation. Then when it came out on Switch, I got it again and played it on Switch because I just, I love that game. I love the, the music, which the same guy is doing the music for this new one. Disaster piece. It's, uh, it's 3D, it's, I think, uh, like third person, whereas the other one was just pixel art but uh, it might take place in the same universe kind of or like the same dimension, I'm not really sure. But uh, we don't really know a ton about it, but it looks great. Yeah, I heard that developer
0: Um, was making another game and I was like, ooh, I would definitely check that out. Uh, Knowing nothing about the game, just the fact that that developer is making another game.
1: Also, every like two years, I get back into Minecraft and uh, the big update that's gonna happen in the spring, hopefully, is the caves and cliffs updates, which is uh, something they've talked about for years. It's basically, they're rewriting the algorithm that makes caves in Minecraft, which is, a, that's a big part of Minecraft. Um, and caves are gonna be like much more interestingly uh, generated. I think, I maybe this was in the previous update, I can't recall, but they're basically changing the way biomes work, where biomes were previously delineated in just like an X and Y, but now they're adding a Z, or wait, they're basically adding so um biomes could be 3D. Uh so there's going to be like lush caves and just like very interesting. It's not just going to be as random anymore. So I'm super excited for whenever that comes out. I'm going to probably get back into Minecraft for that. Breath of the Wild 2, we have not heard anything yeah, about since Yeah. I was going to say
0: a, a lot of the things that I want to talk about as far as anticipated games feel aspirational at this point just because there's it is not a great be chance for the 35th that anniversary of Zelda year. this year. What's that?
1: Oh yeah. It's gonna be the 35th anniversary of Zelda, so I mean they're gonna do something.
0: Yeah, they gotta well, so the speculation is that Breath of the Wild 2 will come out this year and it will be paired with like a new Switch, like a Switch Pro, which would be awesome.
1: Very enticing indeed. I would just give my Switch to my girlfriend and she could continue to play Animal Crossing, and then I would get this one.
0: Yeah. I, who um, can tell you whether that's going to happen, though?
1: Blood, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I played Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines when I was in high school and loved it. I love... Uh, it, I mean, it started out as a pen and paper RPG and vampires are cool and I think this is going to be an interesting game. Um,
0: They've been talking about this game for of, a long time. I'm surprised it's not out.
1: <laughs> Probably the pandemic in yeah, some way affected I'm sure. what was going on. But most aspirationally, though... And this is a real shot in the dark, who can say, uh, but Starfield, maybe we'll get Ooh, some more about yeah. Starfield.
0: I mean, I am super looking forward to that game, and I, yeah, definitely, if they have more to share about that game, I am all ears. Um, what
1: about you? What uh, Do you have any on your list? God of War, probably Ragnarok, who knows ah, what it's going to yes. be called.
0: Um, the thing that's going to make me buy a PS5, um, yeah. or, or the thing that when I eventually do buy a PS five that I will have bought it for, I have tried. You can't get PS fives. It just doesn't work. Even though they say, Oh, they're <laughs> targets dropping PS fives. Get them while they're hot. You can't, it's impossible. I, yeah. Um, that game. I loved the last one and I can't wait to see what they do with the next one. Uh, Breath of the wild too. Like you mentioned, um, super excited for that game don't know if it's actually coming this year but hopefully it does uh Horizon Zero Dawn 2 what was what was i forget the actual the name of Forbidden it Forbidden West Forbidden West yeah i i enjoyed the first one it took me a little while to get into the story of it just because it it felt very like a mishmash of teen dystopian fiction for the first like mm. hour or two and i was not yeah. super into that but like once the game like opens up and you can like start to Um, get more of those uh, bow and arrow mechanics and the different abilities in the game and just like sort of exploring the world and uh, dealing with their unique sort of like machine prehistoric animals. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I enjoyed it quite a a bit, so I would definitely be down for playing another one. Uh, Also, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I uh, like... I don't have my hopes super high that it's going to be like a great reworking of that series. It probably will just be a simple remaster, but I would love to sort of go through those games again. Every now and then I'll go back and play through them again and I enjoy playing them. So having a version of that that is like more up to date (laughs) would be nice. And they did delay it to sort of make mass effect one feel better so maybe maybe things will be better but i'll keep my expectations in check
1: we shall see I'm, I'm sure we'll do extensive coverage of it when it comes out yeah
0: um one that i probably should be more cautiously optimistic about rather than excited is outriders just because it's been delayed so many times uh i'm not at all interested in the story of it i think it seemed looks very generic and not really all that interesting but the third person like shooter mechanics with like abilities that basically anything that can give me like mass effect vibes i'm like mm-hmm. let me, i want i want that so uh so yeah it's kind of i don't know if it's going for like destiny style looter shooter th- stuff but it seems like it could be like a fun um third person like ability based combat game like every mm-hmm. time I see footage of them like using the different crazy abilities, I'm like, oh this is definitely up my alley <laughs> uh yeah. so it may come out and be a complete disaster um but it may also be super fun so i I'm hoping it's super fun and not a complete disaster. Uh, also, I think Ghostwire Tokyo is, may come out this year. I'm curious. Uh, yes,
1: I'm interested in that.
0: I'm curious uh, about that game. Don't know a lot about it, but it, it sounded cool. So, uh, And then maybe the most aspirational of the things that I am anticipating, Super Mario Odyssey 2. Just just announce it this year. That's all you got to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or You know, I've been going back and replaying it because uh, – like I said, my girlfriend played all the way through it, and uh, we picked up her game again because she never went back anywhere uh, and got extra stuff. So that's been fun to jump back into. It's
0: so good, and it's so good. I had so much fun playing that game. That it feels like it's been like too long at this point for them to do a DLC drop. I would have thought that they would have done some at some point, but they didn't. So now I'm—it's insane. So now I'm hoping. Well, that just means they're doing a second game, and that's why they didn't do a DLC because they're they. You can only hope. And they just launched right into a next game. So hopefully, Mm -hmm. they've got some information on that to come out this year. Maybe like an announcement plus sudden release type
1: of thing. But that would be man. (laughs) That would be amazing.
0: But it's also, like you said, the year of uh Zelda. So it, it's true. It may be yeah, I'm mean, very
1: interested to see how much Zelda we get this year. I'm hoping for a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh it would be all it would be nice to see some like remasters of other Zelda games because they, they did one for the the Game Boy game like a year or two ago.
1: Yeah, and I played that and it was great. I never played um the GameCube one because I never had a GameCube and I've heard it's a very good one. Oh,
0: Wind Waker? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Wind Waker. There's
0: a lot of people that that's like their favorite Zelda. So, I'm sure if they did like a remaster of that and brought it to Switch, I'm sure people will go crazy for it. So,
1: mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I would definitely buy it. Yeah, I
0: would play it for sure. So, uh either a big year for Zelda or Super Mario Odyssey 2, one or the other or maybe both <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to this
1: year. Well, our final segment, uh, what have you been playing watching? I guess we've both been playing Cyberpunk, which we've talked about extensively. Yeah, um, I've been
0: jumping back and forth between Cyberpunk and Yakuza. I'm trying not to fall too far off of either one of those so that I can keep them going and finish both.
1: Are you watching the final season of Attack on Titan?
0: I am not. Is that on uh, Crunchyroll? It is, yeah. I need yeah. to resub to that.
1: It's very good. I I was trying to hold out. Uh, And not watched until it was all the way complete, but I couldn't do it. And so I watched like the first six episodes and now I'm mad at myself because I have to wait every week now.
0: (laughs) Speaking of waiting every week, I've been watching the latest season of The Expanse on Amazon Prime. And it's very, very good this year or this I
1: have been able to hold off on, so I'm very excited for that to conclude so I can watch all of it.
0: I love that show. The last season, which was the first season they did with Amazon, I thought was just so-so. Oh, really? I liked it. Well, it was more that like it's a sci-fi uh series set in space and they did a season where basically the entire thing is planet-bound. A planet bound. On planet. Um so I I'm liking this season quite a bit more. And yeah, it's it's been very good so far i've been really enjoying it but i am caught up with it and i have to wait week
1: to week now so
0: <laughs> that's a bit of a bummer
1: i watched uh, Tenet.
0: did you enjoy it did you get it
1: i liked it a lot um it is confusing <laughs> there have you seen those youtube videos where somebody made 3d representations of what's going on
0: no that sounds interesting
1: to me though they do not help oh really <laughs> uh, so don't go in there thinking like oh no i'm gonna understand everything it's equally confusing but um I liked it. I like his crazy mechanics that he does. Uh, I I bought it on Google Play because I wanted to watch it before it was rentable, and so I'm definitely going to watch it again. And I think it's going to be uh, more enjoyable the second time.
0: I'm not sure there's anybody that's doing like building to that like parallel lines of action towards the end of the movie any like mm. better than Christopher Nolan. I I think the the problem with Tenet is it's so much and it's happening at such a fast pace that like there's some of the least developed characters of any Christopher Nolan movie (laughs) uh, so far. And I I enjoyed it, but I think it's one of his weaker movies. Maybe if I watched it again and I understood it a little bit more, um, maybe I would feel differently. But just based on one viewing of it, I thought it was one of his weaker ones, and maybe it's just because it's it's almost too far out there.
1: Yeah, I I need to watch it a couple more times. But did you ever watch Primer? I'm sure you have. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been a very while, similar to Primer. But... Really?
1: Well, just like the uh, time travel mechanics. Oh, okay,
0: yeah, I can see
1: that. Sort of. I mean, it, I mean, it's slightly different, but when they were in that shipping container, uh, going to wherever they were going, I was like, man, this is basically Primer because they're <laughs> just like going back to the first part. I mean, it doesn't have the, uh, it doesn't have the exact same rules as Primer, but I was thinking about that, uh, after I watched it. Yeah, I
0: can see why you'd say that, I guess, but, uh, why don't you hit us with that parting wisdom?
1: Zach, I recently moved into a house, and that house had carpet in the bathroom, which I didn't mind, but my girlfriend said, no, thank you. So, We tore it up and then uh, we eventually said we were gonna replace the floors with some uh, nice like vinyl plank flooring, which we did. But in that process, we had to remove the toilet so we could put the floors under the toilet. And I put the toilet back on, but an interesting tip that most people don't tell you, when you're doing stuff with a toilet, always, or never use tools, I guess I should say, always uh, hand tighten things because if you use tools, there's a very good chance that the rubber and plastic that form like the gaskets on certain things are going to rip um which i did Uh, and so i had a little leak but i thankfully was able to get uh, a replacement part and i did not use a wrench so when replacing a toilet don't use a wrench useful information for everyone it's true and on that note and on that we should wrap up we
0: should wrap up we've gone long but it's because we had a lot of games to talk about It's true. Follow us on starsidecafe.com, which you can do. You can also follow us on Twitter at starsidecafe and on Instagram also at starsidecafe. And uh, goodbye. Goodbye.